Welcome to Enter the Glory Zone with me, Dr. Edith Davis, on 94.1 FM Wave 94. And yes, I'm still saying that 2020 is going to be a great year, that we are going to have signs and wonders. We're going to see miracles. We're going to see great exploits by God for his people. This is going to be a phenomenal year, 2020. Yes, we are going through some trials. Yes, we're going through some tribulations, but God is still sitting on the throne and Satan Anything that he does for evil, God will turn it around for our good. Spiritual believers, I also believe that the Jewish calendar, 5,780, is also going to be a great year. A great year for all those who believe in Christ Jesus. Spiritual believer, as I sit down and reflect on what's happening around me and I am just amazed at the peace of God, the peace that goes beyond understanding and the Holy Spirit has been downloading, just downloading deeper and deeper revelations of how we're not only going to survive in 2020 and the future years, but that we are going to thrive if we will listen to the voice of wisdom crying in the street. Yes, this is going to be a phenomenal year, a great year, and there's nothing that's going to stop it. God's word is real. It's more real than this physical reality that we exist in right now. And matter of fact, everything we have in this reality came from the word, the word of God. So as I was saying, um, the Holy Spirit has been just doing this download and just sharing some very powerful things that will enable me and my household and all those I love and that I share this with to prosper instead of just surviving. And now it's going back to some fun fundamental principles about the Word of God. One of the interesting things was that it's just this peace that has been all over me, a peace that goes beyond understanding. And I realize now it came out of what? God's Word. Christ Jesus said to his disciples, said to the men and women that he loved, be not afraid, be of good cheer during the, some of the most trying and most tumultuous times in their lives. Yes, Jesus said just before he was going into the Garden of Gethsemane, just before he was betrayed by Judas, the disciple that he loved, that he poured three and a half years of his life into, he told them, be of good cheer. I say again, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Be be not, you know, be not afraid. The, for the first thing God always says is be not afraid. I mean, God, Christ Jesus himself came to me one night during a very, very trying time during a divorce and it wasn't looking good for me. 
even though I had been given a prophetic word that I was going to win custody of my children, that I was going to receive the things that I deserved. But since my former husband was a lawyer and he had a very good lawyer and I did not have a lawyer for pretty much the entire time I was, <laughs> it was interesting, but, um, the long and short of it is God came to my bedroom after just, just, just one trying to save the marriage, trying to save my family, trying to, you know, just save my children and, and God came in my rep. Jesus came in my bedroom in the middle of that evening after I got the, um, the verdict from the judge about something for my children. I really wanted for my kids. And the judge says, you know, that she couldn't, you know, grant me my request because my former husband would not permit them to, you know, receive what they needed with, you know, without some consequences. So, of course, we didn't want the children to suffer at all. So that was that. So as I read that, Jesus came in the room and he told me, he said, be not afraid, Edith. Be not afraid. I am not mocked. And I floated like a feather onto the bed and I slept like a baby. And after that, it was just peace that went beyond understanding. And to my great surprise, at the end, I did win custody of the children. It was a bittersweet thing because I really wanted my marriage to make it. By this time, we had been married 29 years. So this was not something that was I was taking very lightly. But I gleaned and learned a lot of things from that. And God showed me how I had let the enemy into my household with my own mouth. Oh, yes, ladies, we got to watch that tongue. And so he has commissioned me to write this book. And I'm going to I've already begun started writing it. I'm hopefully going to finish it before the summer ends. How to divorce proof your marriage. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, how to divorce proof your marriage. But let's get back to the uh, the, the new downloads that the Holy Spirit had um, given me so that my household and all that I love and all my friends and family, anybody that listens, how you are not only going to just survive, but thrive during 2020. And it goes once again, back to the word, the word of God and the new dimension that God was showing me was, for example, the peace, the peace that comes beyond understanding. Christ Jesus actually left us his peace, not the world's peace, but his peace. And so it is in the word. And if you take that word that he spoke Whenever he said, I want you to be of good cheer, I want you to be at peace. If you will take that word and meditate on that word, the peace, the peace that God, the supernatural peace of God will come upon you. And then once again, God showed me um, joy. Joy is I've always had a, you know, I'm a very happy person in many cases, but there have been I've had very long periods of sadness, you know, sadness 
over my life and some of the choices that were made. And and so joy is a recent fruit that I have been walking in. And, and like I had shared earlier in my earlier broadcast, joy is nothing like happiness. Happiness is based on happenstance. Happiness is based on circumstances. Joy is based on the fruit of the spirit of the Holy Spirit that is in us. And joy is a supernatural fruit. So joy, once again, this is a fruit of the spirit of the Lord God, Holy Spirit that is in us. So what has happened here? The Holy Spirit revealed to me that you find the word of God and in the word of God is the seed that you need. So be of good cheer. Um, read joy. Look up joy throughout the Bible. Pick a particular scripture that leaps out of the page for you. That's the Holy Spirit giving you what we call a rhema word, a word specifically to meet your needs, right? And so, so this seed, this seed, the word that you need is a seed and it is in the word of God. So you meditate on that. And what's powerful about joy is that it is the fuse that lights the dynamite of faith. Once again, I got this from Creflo Dollar. It is the fuse. It is the fuse that lights the dynamite of what? Faith. And when that dynamite explodes, it breaks all the barriers. It breaks all the strongholds. It breaks all the walls. It breaks the cage. It breaks everything that Satan has placed in your life to destroy you and your household. Yes, joy is the fuse that lights the dynamite of faith. Oh, I love that rhema word. I love that visualization of the dynamite of faith. And so a lot of people say, I have faith, but why is it not being activated? I have faith. Why isn't my faith moving like other Christians? Check out your joy quotient. Check out your joy level. You have to meditate and joy is a choice. It is not about your circumstances. It is not about what, how you look or how people look at you or think about you. It's not about how much money you have or have or don't have. It's not about any of those things. Joy is rooted in the spirit realm and joy is attached to the love of God. You need to know that daddy God, you hate by hey, loves you, loves you, whether regardless of, of what you've done in the past or what you're going to do in the future. God loves us so much that he gave his only begotten son so that we could spend eternity with him loving on one another and that is what it is all about. God loves us and nothing's going to stop him from loving us. Nothing's going to change him, change our circumstances to the point where he will not love us. 
because Christ died. He gave his blood so that we would never, ever have to worry about losing the love of God. And when you come to that rhema, revelatory knowledge that God loves you, that God just loves you, he love, love, loves you, then you're going to have joy. You're going to have joy. And you go and you you meditate the word on the love of God and you meditate on that word and you meditate on that word until it gets into that seed, gets into that spiritual heart. And once it hits that spiritual heart, it will produce fruit. Oh, yes, it will produce fruit. And a lot of people say, well, you know, that's so spiritual, Dr. Davis. No, no. The love of God is tangible, tangible fruit. If you look at every ever since Christ Jesus came to planet Earth as a man, 100 percent man, 100 percent God. Ever since Christ Jesus did that. We have had love. Christ Jesus treated women differently than any other um, person that came to planet Earth. Women were, before Christ Jesus came on the scene, (laughs) women were treated pretty badly. The Greeks um, basically considered them, in some cases, chattel, cattle. I mean, they they really were not esteemed at all. Plato didn't have much much regard for them. Neither did Aristotle. Okay, guys. So no, the Greeks did not think well of what women and many um, young female babies were left on the on the on the trash heap to die. It it was not a good thing for women and Roman took on a lot of the Greek um, characteristics as well. But Jesus actually treated women with respect and they were treated just like the disciples who became apostles. Matter of fact, the first apostle, as far as I'm concerned, was Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene was the first one to see the resurrected Christ. Mary Magdalene was sent, which is what an apostle is. An apostle is the sent one. She was sent to tell the future apostles that Jesus was alive. That Jesus was coming. Oh, yes. When you look at love, the manifested fruit of love, you can look at Jesus Christ. But let's go on into history. All the orphanages, all the hospitals, all even the universities, the educational system, all came from the love of God. These were Christian organizations. It was the Christians that had created the orphanages first. It was the Christians that came up with hospitals first. It was the Christians that came with, up with universities. The world loves all the things that Christ people brought to the planet earth, but they don't want Jesus, but they want everything that he has brought to us. We look at the the various institutions, the YMCA, the YWCA, the Boy Scouts, the Girl Scouts, hospitals, universities. Oh, yes, 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 yes. All orphanages all came from Christians, all came from 
people who believed in Christ Jesus. It was Christ Jesus. It was the Christians that came up with a whole different doctrine where you had to love those who were are not as fortunate as you were. It was the Christians that when they had the massive plague during the Roman Empire, towards the end of the Roman Empire, soon after the crucifixion of Christ Jesus, two or three major plagues wiped out over half the population of the Roman Empire. And many people left their loved ones, left their family and friends with the plague in the cities. And guess who went in the cities risking their lives to save these Romans who basically had their family members put in the Colosseum to be eaten by lions, put on poles and and had a stake thrown through them and they were put in wax and lit up like candles. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. These same individuals helped them and nursed many of them back to health and risked their own lives. This is why the Roman Empire ended up becoming a Christian nation. But then they tried to, you know, admonish themselves or try to wipe away their guilt by saying it was the Jews. And they tried to strip the Jewish aspects of Christianity from the church, which is not going to work because guess what? Jesus Christ is a Jew. So, so we need to look at all the fruits of love and the fruits of love have benefited the world greatly. And that out of that fruit comes joy. And when you have joy, it's joy goes beyond your circumstances. Joy of the Lord is your strength. And the joy of the Lord, like I said before, is like a fuse that lights up the dynamite of faith. And faith is the substance. It's the substance. It's the supernatural substance of things that we hope for. So let's talk about this. Let's break the mechanics down of this. Let's take a quick look at this and let's see the substance of things you hope for. So what are you hoping for? Are you hoping for a baby? Are you hoping for a husband? Are you hoping for a wife? Are you hoping for your college education? Are you hoping for a home? Well, let's get down to the real deal. Are you hoping for restoration of your relationships? Restoration of your marriage? Restoration of your relationship with your children? Restoration on your job? Oh, yes. The seed for that. The seed for that is your hope. You have to go to the word of God. If you are having a problem in your finances, you go to the word of God and find the word that says above all, Daddy God, you hey wants you to prosper and be in good health. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it smells like. I don't care what it tastes like. You stand on the God, God's word. You become a spiritual mature Christian and a spiritual mature Christian is not driven by their emotions. They're not driven by anything in this world. They are driven by the word of God and the word of God only. So 
It doesn't matter. My big thing is promotion. Promotion comes from the Lord, not from the East, nor from the West, nor from the South. Daddy God, you hate He is the one who judges. He is the one that puts one man down and lifts up a what? Another. Right? So that's just the way it is. And nobody's going to be able to change it. If God says it, I guarantee you it's going to happen. Just look at Joseph. They're, his brothers thought that they were going to stop Joseph from basically being a lord over them. They thought by tossing Joseph in the well, in the cistern. And that was a long drop. He could have broke his neck, broke his leg out. But God still protected him. And then they had planned on leaving him there to die. A slow, agonizing death. But one of the brothers, um, I think it was Reuben. I think it was Reuben. He went back in and got him out and sold them to the Ishmaelites. Well, the Ishmaelites were their what? Their brothers. The Ishmaelites were from Ishmael, which was the first son of Abraham. So God had already strategically placed them to pick Joseph up and to take him to his destination, which was to be put on the auction block, butt naked, by the way, standing on the auction block. And what did the word of God say about Joseph? He prospered. He was a slave. First, he was a prince because, you know, um, Jacob was a was a prince by now and he had lots of wealth. He had acquired a lot of wealth and basically he wanted to um, make Joseph the head of the family because Joseph was the firstborn of his true love, Rachel. And the other sons were from his first wife, Leah, who he was tricked into marrying by um, Rachel and Leah's father, right? So, but he reaped what he sowed. Jacob was very, he was de very deceptive. He was deceitful. He just had a lot of trickery. So it came back on him. That's another story in itself. So what happened? So then Joseph has the dream and he's young. He has no discretion. He knows his brothers don't like him. The, the father had made a coat of many colors and a lot, there's a lot behind that coat, but the coat was the signal to all the other sons that Joseph, Jacob was going to leave everything to Joseph. He was going to make Joseph the head. And then he had the dream. He had the dream of his brothers bowing down to him. He had the dream that not only his brothers bowed down to him, but his father and his mother. Oh, yes, it was. And you know what? He didn't have discretion. He was young. He had a lot to learn. And so what ended up happening? And Jacob, knowing, now Jacob, Jacob, he, but I guess he came from a dysfunctional situation as well. You know, Isaac preferred what? His older brother versus him, right? So, and his mother preferred him. So they were used to having favorites. And, you know, that should never be, parents should never have favorites. All children should feel loved equally. So he basically gave Joseph that coat 
and then sent him out to check on his brother. Because, yeah, Joseph was a tattletale. Yes, right. Joseph was a tattletale, which, you know, that ingratiated him even more with his brothers, right? Not so. But anyway, so here we go. And guess what? They decide they're going to kill him. But one of the brothers trying to save Joseph said, we'll throw him in this sister. And he had already planned to sneak back and get his brother out. And I don't know what else. The long and short of it is, he, he, they thought that this was over. They took back the coat of many colors, killed an animal, put the blood on it, gave it to the dad, let the dad, Jacob, take his own conclusion, which he should not have because he had the blessing. He had the Barak, the blessing of the Lord, make him rich, which protected his son, which protected his family. But anyway, so the, here's Joseph in Egypt now. But guess what? He prospered, even on the auction block. But naked, Joseph prospered, was taken into Potiphar's house, and it was quickly realized by heathens. This is not spiritual people. This is These are heathens. These people see with their eyes. And he saw that everything, everything Joseph touched, Somebody planted watermelon, Joseph planted watermelon. Joseph's watermelons were bigger and better and sweeter. I'm just talking about it. everything, everything under this man's hand prospered. It didn't take, <laughs> it didn't take part of her long to say, you can have everything, it's everything under your control except for what? His wife. And of course, Joseph was fine. He was a handsome, virile, young man. And she obviously was beautiful because I can't see Potter marrying somebody that wasn't. So she was beautiful and voluptuous and probably young. And she had the hots for Joseph. But he now, back in this day, we don't have the Ten Commandments yet. We don't have the commandment, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not fornicate. That's not even there yet, right? But guess what? It was in his heart. He said, how can I do such a wicked thing against my God and against your husband who has given me everything except for you? And guess what? Joseph was attractive. You know why I say that? Because he ran. Joseph ran. So he ran and she snatches his little, once again, he lost another, lost another covering. Just like his brothers, he lost another covering and she falsely accused him. And guess what? In order to save his marriage, save Potiphar's marriage with his wife, you know, he went on to prison. And he and you never hear him saying anything about Potiphar's wife. Not one word. And you know Potiphar probably believed him because you know back in those days, he could have just thrown Joseph to the crocodiles if he really believed that. So once again, Joseph is back in the dungeons from the pit to, to Potiphar's house to the dungeons underneath the palace. And once again, he what? Prospers. He's now running the prison. Oh, Lord have mercy. And then he has the, the baker and the wine taster. They are a service of Pharaoh that they displeased him. And basically, they are waiting for the verdict from the Pharaoh what's to happen to them. And they both have dreams. The baker has a bad dream. He dreams three days. Basically, his head was going to get 
cut off or he was going to be hung. In the case of the wine tasters, three days, he was going to be restored back to the Pharaoh's good graces. So, you know, it is... Um, it's it, and Joseph interpreted the dreams and notice Joseph interpreted the dreams after he passed the test of purity. See, when you pass the test, you get blessings, you get higher anointings. And Joseph now had a higher anointing of interpretation of dreams. And of course, it went down just like Joseph told him. The baker lost his head and the wine taster was restored back to the Pharaoh. And of course, Joseph asked the wine taster, please remember me down here. I'm innocent. Can you please help a brother out? And of course, as soon as the man got back to the Pharaoh, he didn't think another thought about Joseph. But I believe that God needed to Basically, a little bit more tenderizing, a little bit more um, development, a little bit more development of Joseph's character because God needed Joseph to be dependent on him and him alone, period. So what happens? Joseph goes, the, the Pharaoh has the dream and in the dream, guess what happens? Seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. And all of a sudden, light bulb, ding, ding, ding. The wine taster remembers Joseph, 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 that man. Yes, yes. And, and Joseph is brought before Pharaoh and he is still humble and he is ready to get out of, of jail. But he will not. He will not say that it is him, that the interpretation is from God, just like Daniel. Same spirit. And so he's restored. So this is an example of what? The fruit. The fruit. You can't stop God's word. So whatever is in your life that you want to see a change, find the word of God. Chew on it. Meditate on it. Go to sleep on it. Think about it. Let it get into your heart. And it, nothing is going to stop it from growing and manifesting all the good and perfect gifts that God has for you. I want to continue these discussions of all the great things that God has downloaded into me about the, the seed, the word of joy the fruit of the spirit of joy the fruit of the spirit of peace and how once you have peace how you can shift things you can change the atmosphere not only for yourself but the atmosphere on your job the atmosphere in your family if you will meditate and trust and believe and plant those seeds in your spiritual heart now I don't want to um End this broadcast without saying Romans 10 9, which is if you believe in your heart that Christ Jesus died, was buried, and raised from the dead, and you profess it with your mouth that He is your Lord and Savior, you are saved. Thank you for once again joining me on Enter the Glory Zone on 94.1 FM, Wave 94. To be